Yo, what's up guys? Back. This is going to be the second episode this week. I dropped one Sunday with Jim Bates. Man, Jim is the man. I'm so hyped you guys heard that. I got a lot of positive feedback and thank you for that. That means a lot. Whenever you guys leave me feedback, even if it's criticism, like, I don't care. Like, sometimes criticism's good. You can learn from it, you know? Other times it's just some bullshit and some angry person talking shit, but... I don't know, a lot of times there's there's some good criticism for sure. And the positive feedback means a lot, gets me hyped, over the top, stoked. Thank you guys so much. Um, I can't believe how many episodes, I think this is 80 now. And our guest today is Fred Van Chee, social media king. Had a great talk with him. He's the man, I don't know, his story's so cool. And he seems optimistic and upbeat about the future, and he works hard. So I'm psyched to share this with you, so you guys can listen to it. And, oh, yeah, so, yeah, two episodes in one week. I would love to do that more. I want to put out, put out more episodes and do this more. The problem is, like, there's storage fees, so I've been putting them out one a week, and I'm actually about to hit my limit, so I'm going to have to pay for, like, the upgrade so I have more space to get these, uh, these people's stories online. And, uh, yeah, I'll find a way. I mean, I'll always find a way. When, when I love something, it's something I enjoy doing. I find a way to hustle and make it happen, like... You know, I don't I don't care if it, if if it brings you joy and if it makes you happy, it's worth investing investing in. It definitely is worth investing in. Let me try to say that again without fumbling it. But I really believe that. Like skateboarding, people told me growing up, they're like, you're never gonna make a dollar off that. You want to be pro? Skateboarding is not a career, not a job. Go get a job, fit in a box. And I said, fuck no, can't do it. I love skateboarding. It's too much fun. Brings me joy. Makes me happy. It has a community. It has so much good shit. Same with the podcasting, man. It's like, I love doing the podcast. I mean, I'm learning that, you know, the only way to really learn, take on new information is to listen. And, you know, and share, too, is a great thing to do. So, that's what this podcast is. I get to listen to all these epic people. And I get to hear about their experiences. And I can relate to a lot of them. Or some of, sometimes I'm just growing because I'm listening to some new perspective. And you guys know you listen to podcasts. So, it's, it's so rad. But, um, yeah, so there's storage fees, man, and I'm hitting that, and I'm always going to find a way to pay that. Like, I'm, this show is going to be free, but I have people that hit me up that say, hey, how can we show support? Love the podcast. People have seen the contest, the New England Am contest that we do, we do, and they want to show support, and the all I need, skateboards and apparel. Like, the the best way you can show support is you can go to allineedskate.com, and we have a web store there, and, um... I mean, we have sticker packs up there for $5. I'm about to, tonight, I'm going to put up the decals. We got AIN decals. Came out awesome. Um, those will be up there, $2. The A logo looks really crisp. Um, we got new t-shirts in the online store. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is the skateboard today. And it's got, like, if you look at it, it's a it's a picture from Time Magazine. And it's these two kids skating, and one of them is just about to eat shit. He's, like, up on one foot falling. And then it says right on top of that, rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Um, Paul Francis Lambert threw that together. We got two colors. We got the we got it in white, and we got it in black. Um, those are on there, and they're that nice fashion, soft fit. So it's a good quality tee. Super high. We got new hoodies up there too with the A logo embroidered on the left chest, like 3,000 stitches. We just did some windbreakers, four screen windbreakers with the A logo embroidered right on there. Everything's quality. I worked really hard to make sure it's, it's top notch, like t shirts and sweatshirts and windbreakers, like everything the stickers, the hoodies. 
we got a bunch of boards on there. Um, yeah, they're just the best, man. We have our boards coming from Pennsylvania and New York. It's American, USA, made right here, just supporting our area. And, yeah, it's all in there. So if you want to show support for the podcast or anything that we do, you can buy something from the online store, and that money goes right back into AIN. You know, and all I need is podcasting, skateboarding, friends, traveling, like, it's all got to, it's all around skateboarding. So everything, every penny goes right back into skateboarding and skateboarding culture. So it means a lot. And even if you just grab the sticker pack, you know, it's five bucks, but that's, you know, that alleviates some pressure of the storage fees and other stuff like that. So it means a lot if you want to. And like I said. If you don't want to, you can tell me to fuck off, and that's totally cool, too, because I hustle and find a way just as you would. If you loved it, you'd keep it in your life, you find a way. So today's, today's, today is going to be Fred, and this is the second episode of the week, and I hope you guys enjoy it, and I would love to get you guys some more podcasts soon. So, I mean, we definitely come in Sunday again. Stay inspired. I love you guys. Peace. This is the Shetland Show. Whatever you do, you have one thing that's unique. You have the ability to make art. Make art. Make art. When things get tough, this is what you should do. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. I hope they get it. I'm sick of explaining history. I'm rolling with a circle of winners. We claim the victories. Yeah, come on. It's about to be the realest shit you ever heard. You're in a transitional world right now. Yeah, it's just basically going for it. You know, sometimes you, know, you think about getting hurt or slamming, but you know, it happens. It's skateboarding. You know, it happens every day. Yeah. People are worried about skateboarding and the state of the industry. The truth is, we are the industry. Skateboarders are the industry. Experience, I guess, just because there's like, I've never seen like that many skaters in one place. Just like, it's like we take over the streets. Today we have a special guest. And sorry if I butcher your name. I don't know if I'm going to say it right, but Fred Van Shee. Yep, that's that's how it is. Perfect. I nailed it. I've all, I've heard people say it, and I, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's that's the correct correct pronunciation. Yeah, it's not like the way how you how you say it in Dutch, but that's the uh, that's the American way. So I'm totally fine with that. So how, you, you, that how would you say it in Dutch? Fred van Schie. Well, it sounds way cooler than fucking what I said. <laughs> that's red. Um, yeah. So. You were just asking if I had a baby, if you thought you heard that, but uh, no, I haven't. And I wanted to tell you, I wanted to be like, my girl is actually in Egypt right now pole dancing. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I'm dead serious. She's in Cairo right now teaching workshops for pole dancing. And uh, if we had a baby, there's no way she could have been doing that. So I'm really psyched that she's doing that. And we've kind of like, we haven't we haven't went in on a baby yet. Right on. Um, let's. I wanted to fill the um listeners in on what you're doing because this is a first for me on the Shetler show. Is you're actually at an airport right now? Yeah, I'm in uh, Houston Airport on my way to Amsterdam. What are you gonna do out there, man? Well, my main reason that I'm going to Europe is street league, but I'm born and raised in Holland. I lived there for the first 30 years of my life. Um, and I'm going back home to visit friends and family, and then taking a road trip to France with one of my friends, and then uh, going to Spain to meet up with uh, Chris Gold, Tori Putbull, and Ryan Senzo at the Street League. Oh, wow, very cool, man. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about Holland and what it's like there. Um, I've never, I don't believe I've ever been, maybe. Uh, 
I don't think I've ever been there. What, what's it like, man? What was it like growing up there compared to, I guess, the states? Because now you've kind of, you have different uh, perspective, I'm sure. Yeah, I've been in California for seven and a half years, so um, that's definitely home now. Which is, in a way, strange to going going home. You know, it's only in a way, it's not going home. But um, um, yeah, it's cool. It's funny you kind of asked that because this morning when I like checked in in Orange County Airport, this dude at the at the counter was like, "Oh, you go to Amsterdam? Like, do you live there?" And I was like, "No, I don't. I like I like you soon." It's like, do people like smoke weed on this? streets and shit no, I don't know I, I don't really care about drugs but I'm definitely not a advocate for it so I was like dude really that's the first thing you're going to say when you think of Amsterdam <laughs> but I guess that is that is the first thing that most people think about you know yeah because weed is legal in all of Holland not just Amsterdam um, I think that level of uh, that level of like um, freedom or that level of like just maturity is like we're not used to that here in the states. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So, I mean, I'm I, I've never smoked weed in my life or used any any other drugs besides alcohol. But so I'm not really I don't know I'm just not about that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think it's a good thing that it is legal though, because people are gonna do it anyway. And I feel like in the states, people use more drugs than I've ever seen in my life uh, yeah. before I moved here. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they could tell me right now that the war on drugs actually stops people from doing drugs, I'd be like, wow, you succeeded. But they can't say that, and it's like, it's obviously clearly not working. So I'm on the same page with you. <laughs> yeah, nice one. It's a waste of money, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We could put that money into, like, welfare, human welfare, and uh, into, like, um, helping humanity instead of yeah. just trying to put people in prisons. Crazy. Yep. Hell yeah. Um. Yeah, so what's, what's Holland like, though, growing up there? What's that like? So Holland's really flat. That's, I guess, the main thing that that comes to mind when I think about it. Um. But it's obviously a pretty open, open place, you know. It's like, I don't know, pretty free and pretty, pretty wealthy. And Dutch people are also really tall, which I noticed more and more the last couple of years. That's a good thing, dude. It's actually a fact at the moment, because I'm sure that will change over time. But that we're like the that people from Holland are like the giants people in the world. Wow, that's crazy. I wonder what it is. Do you guys, you guys eat like? Something is it something you eat? <laughs> yeah, I was reading this article the other day. I kind of forget what it was about, but it was more than yeah. It had something to do with some I don't know. I I forgot what it was. I I have to look it up before I start saying dumb shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just it'd be funny if you're like yeah, we we just eat a lot of sweet potatoes. That's what it is. Magical. It just makes you tall. I'd be st I'd eat sweet potatoes every day if that was true. <laughs> Out in the hall, we definitely eat a lot of potatoes. But we're definitely a potato culture. <laughs> yeah, it's sick. So. I'm a fan, so I enjoy it there. Um, but growing up there was awesome. I mean, it's a very, like I said, it was very open, and I had a very, you know, until I went to college when I was like 20, I'd live with my parents, and it was like super chill, and yeah, it's just a very cool place to, to live. It's just like, the weather sucks. It's kind of like the weather as you have in like, like, like in Portland, so it can basically rain any any day of the year, any time of the day, even if there's, like, no clouds in the sky. Um, so, as a skateboarder, I started skateboarding when I was, like, 16, so kind of late. But, um, yeah, after that, I was just, like, I, I hate the rain. I'm still to, like, this day. I actually was in Orange County yesterday doing some work outside. Um, and then it started the rain, and I still cannot stand the rain. It just, I don't know, just engraved in me that I, I just don't like rain, so... Well, Southern California is a good place to go then, because you're fucking chilling there. 70 degrees, it rains like 
couple times a year, and then people freak out and don't know how to drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's definitely like the best place to be. So that's, I guess, one of the main reasons that I moved out there. Just, I don't know, just over the rain. And then obviously, I like wanted to work like in the industry. So you know, those two combined was like California is the place to be. Yeah, I actually want to go back. On my show, I jump around a whole bunch. I want to go back to Holland. I had two questions. Um, yeah. One is education. Is it any more affordable there than it is here? Because you said you went to college, right? Yeah, I went to like a... Um, what's the American equivalent of that? Like a city college kind of thing. So not like... Like a community uh, college? Yeah, and, yeah. 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 So I just did that for like a year and then I bailed, but... I mean, it's pretty much free. You just pay like two thousand dollars or two thousand euros, you know, per year for the school, and then you got to buy some books, which is like five hundred bucks. And then, yeah, yeah. Wow. it's weird, especially coming out here and that I've been here for the past seven years. How people go like, you know, I have all this debt from going to school, and I was like, huh, like why? Like, yeah, so it doesn't help to get to to keep people in school, or you know. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that our schooling's so expensive, man. It's just like. People need education to to progress and move forward and build up an economy, and you're charging an arm and a leg for it. It's just like it's like keeping the tools away from the people, you know. And it, I like that we have the internet. It kind of ties into your whole business, which we'll get into um, for sure. I haven't even really introduced exactly what you do, but I, I just wanted to kind of get your backstory first. Um, all right, and then the second question was, um, since weed is legal. Are there other things legal, like prostitution and like uh, anything like that? Is that stuff legal? Prostitution is legal. Weed is legal. Um, see what else? Like I have to go over the list now to, to well, impress people. Um, well, let's let's stay on the prostitution one because I'm a, I'm curious about this one because uh, whenever someone brings that up, it's like the world's gonna fall apart and it'll be this and this and this. But Holland seems to have it legalized right and it works fine there's not like is there any more craziness there than there is if it wasn't legal or well i think i just think it helps like the the rape bullshit you know yeah. i think it helps i guess when a dude has to do his shit like it just helps that there's something there yeah. um the other part with that i was actually talking to one of my friends the other day about that it obviously comes with like women from i guess all over the world just think that that's a a good way to like make like extra money or make all this all this money and then it ends up being like you know slavery i guess almost in a way yeah like in vegas i guess when you go there as a dancer you're just like you know yeah cool, cool wick money and it's fun and then it just ends up being like you just you know you're just a slave to the to, like this strip club so i'm sure it's like the same way with that you know that's yeah. also like the backside of those of that yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the glitter is not always gold, for sure. I, I agree 100%. Yeah. Um, I do like the idea of legalizing it, though. Same with the drugs, because it's like, if keeping it illegal has, you know, you know, has actually helped, then, you know, we wouldn't even have this conversation. But, <laughs> like in the States, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. S silly, silly, silly. Um, and then, the other part that I didn't mention is if you're gay, you can just uh, marry another guy or... They, they have equal rights yeah. yeah so that's I think Holland was like the first country to legalize that in like the early 90s sick so when I first came out to California it was like a big thing on the ballot with the voting and to me that was I remember that being like really weird I was like oh this this is an issue like people have to like people vote on that like what it's 
It's nobody's business, you know? That's yeah. how I at least look at it. And that's obviously how I was raised. That's kind of like the Dutch way of looking at things. Yeah, I like that a lot. I I feel the exact same way. Life is hard enough that we don't need to, like, make it any harder for people going through different stuff or that pe- people that are different. We don't need to put them in boxes and take away their rights. It's like, you know, if you're gay, if you're below the poverty line, like, everyone should have equal rights regardless of whether you agree with it or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, that was my hauling questions that I came up <laughs> with. Um Let's. Uh, you said you're going out to meet up with these dudes at Street League, and I kind of want to get into um, your business, and then we can kind of tra- backtrack into how how it came to be. But what exactly are you doing right now for with your business and your website? And get, if you could outline that for us. Yeah. So since uh, a little over three years, I run um, I run like an agency that helps uh, brands and and athletes, which sounds kind of wacky, but um, with like all um, all the social media stuff, so I basically work with pros and brands. Ninety percent of my clients are like skateboard related people or brands. So yeah, that's what I do. So I just help people with all their issues and help with certain posts and giveaways and a lot of backend stuff. Um, but yeah, it's been super fun. It's rad that I can work with amazing brands and amazing pros that I've always looked up to as a kid and uh now i can help them out with something you know that's super cool yeah that is really cool that's that's really awesome um i had some questions i guess again about social media and stuff what are some like um in your opinion like i guess what are some ways that people are misusing social media or like things that you come across where you're like oh you could do it better you know or maybe there's a because i'm curious i'm curious as to if there are ways people are, aren't using it to their full potential, you know? Well, I think the main thing that people always look at, which is is not really the thing to look at, um, but it is, like, really tempting, is people always worry about the amount of, like, fans they have or, like, followers. And that's all cool and all, but it's hard, you know, if you're, like, a brand and you, and you, and you just, like... Started up, you could not have as many brands as... Thrasher, you know what I mean? Like it all yeah. comes down. It just needs time, time to grow. And so, any audience up on any of the, of the platforms up on social media, it just takes time and work and, and patience. And sometimes you grow really quick because you just hit goals kind of. And other times it just takes a lot longer. But you can, I don't know, not everyone can have like all the followers in the world. You know, it's just that just is what it is. And that's obviously the same for pros or ands out there. It's like he's got to. Put in the work, the same way it works to get to become a pro. You know that takes a lot of work and a lot of time and patience, and and it's the same way with all the social media. So people yeah. always ask me like, how do we like more followers, more followers? And I don't know. I never really have an answer for that. I actually think it's a stupid question, which there's no such thing as that in a way. But you know what I mean? It's just like people are just like. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with you because I think um. I think it becomes a rat race like that because people are like, you know, he, he, this person has 100,000 followers. And, and my whole view is like it's quality over quantity, you know. So like you could have 100,000 uh, followers, but if you don't know how to use it or you're not promoting anything worthy or, you know, if you're not giving anything back with it, then it's kind of pointless, you know. If it's yeah, just exactly. for show, yeah. yeah. 
but at the end of the day, it's like kind of like the only the only thing that people have. You know, if you really like look at all the platforms, you know, you can say like, oh, like that pro has like X amount of followers. So it's like the one thing that you can like look at easy and kind of compare it. You know, so that's yeah. obviously what people kind of. But then people get lost in like that number because because like you said, it's not about like the followers. It's about the ones that like interact with you and care and like and share. You know, that's obviously worth a thousand times more than anything else yeah absolutely man absolutely okay um i want to uh, now we're gonna go back because i like i i don't know where i get my interview interview skills from they're they're i don't even want to call them skills because i just jump around i go out of order it's like uh, it's almost like i just need to get out what i have on my mind at that moment but right now yeah, all good I want to get into how you got you found your first skateboard and, and got into just skating in holland um, when I was 16 years old, I started, so, well, let's just begin, let's begin at the beginning. Yep. I started windsurfing, which in Holland has, like, a ton of lakes and a lot of wind every day. Um, I started doing that to, like, a cousin of mine. So when I was, like, 11 or 12, I started doing that, and I got pretty, pretty into it. And then when I was, like, 16, I went on a trip with some friends in, like, the north of Holland. There's this really big lake, and... One of like the friends of the friends had a skateboard and he's been, he's been skating for like, you know, he, at that time he skated for like 10 years or something. This is like mid nineties. Um, so he got me really influenced and I, I kind of like saw it that he was doing it, but I never really tried it out. I don't know. It was cause I was like on this like trip to windsurf. And so that was like the focus. Um, but then a couple months later, so in the fall, and I think this was 95 or 96. Um, I was watching MTV and with Pennywise had a video out of same old story. And in yeah. that video, this dude like kind of like bombs his hill and like all he's over these stairs and then like hits a grandma and just like slashes down, you know? And I was like, fuck, I, this is what I want to do. Like <laughs> this, this just looks amazing. So I hit up the guy that I met a, a few months before on the trip and a couple weeks later I went to his house we went to the skate shop and that's how I got my first complete and then it was raining we got back to his house and it was pouring rain but I just tried for hours to learn to learn how to ollie while like standing still and obviously I didn't learn it that day Um, (laughs) but um, yeah that's like my first memory of actually skating and how I was like that's what I want to do you know did you um do you remember the first board you got uh, so my friend gave me a Santa Cruz blank deck that I later painted with black even more. It doesn't even make sense now because he just made the board like super heavy. <laughs> you know, when you're a kid, that's kind of, I mean, I was 16, but you know, you don't really know what you're doing in a way. So you just like, and then the first board I bought was a Powell slick with the ripper, like the classic yeah. ripper logo. Yeah. That's... So this is in like 95, 96. That's so. so rad. Was, what was the skate scene like in Holland then? Like, uh, I, I'm curious if it was it big or is there a lot of people skating? So in my hometown where I live, there were these like two like squares that like I, I would always see a bunch of kids skate. And so when I got my board, I just went up there and then we basically had a crew of like 10, 15 guys all around the same age. And a lot of them like started around the same time as I did. And we weren't all going to like the same school. Like I only had like one other guy in my school 
that that would be in kind of like our our crew whatever and then you know but it was just like the coolest thing i just remember when i was done with school every week like i would just go there and all my friends were there and they would skate all weekend and party all weekend and it just became this new thing that you know i just felt part of something that felt like supernatural and was like no one else gets it right it's just like us against them and it's just like i don't know like yeah. The best feeling. Yeah, absolutely, man. I've been talking about skateboarding a lot as a, as an art form, as as expression, and and what I really really love about skateboarding is is that it's not like a sport. It's like um skateboarding is like really individual. Like it's for ourselves. Like you have your own version of skating and I have my own version. It's like we each have a little ball of clay and we apply ourselves to that clay, like our energy, our sweat, our time, our emotions, which kind of forms our style. And, uh, I really love that. It's like that. It's like our, and then when people are like inviting and let you into that world or share that world with you, it seems to be when people find skating, that's what happens. Someone introduces them to this little, like, this world of, like, cool tricks and uh, community. And it's weird that it can be a, such a tight community where it's, where this, where the actual art of it is very individual, you know? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's like, I just remember after that, I was, like I said, I just wanted, that's what I wanted to do every day for the rest of my life. And yeah. even though I don't skate every day, it's like, you know, it's like, um, is a part of my life every single day and the reason I, that I live in the States and the reason that I have certain friends and the reason I have my job and the music that I listen to and like everything is based around it and it's like I couldn't you know I don't know what I've done if I wouldn't have found skateboarding hell yeah that's yeah. awesome um, did your parent were your parents cool with you skateboarding is there a stereotype of like craziness you know like in the states i feel like it was like those dudes are punks or like drug addicts or whatever do you guys have anything like that in holland yeah obviously when i started in the mid 90s it still kind of had that had that image you know and i remember um i started playing soccer when i was like five years old so i was playing soccer for like 10 years and that's kind of what every kid does in holland like at least every boy yeah just plays soccer and so I was telling my mom, I was like, I'm going to quit soccer. And I don't know, I was just over, like, the the coach was being a dick and just all these jocks and people just wanted to drink. And I don't know, I just didn't, I don't know, it just wasn't for me. I still, like, really like the game of yeah. soccer, but the whole mentality, it's kind of the same thing here in the States, you know, with, like, baseball and American football and I don't know. So I was just completely over it. So I'm like, no, I'm over it. And and I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to buy a skateboard. And she's like, well, I remember she was kind of like, well, what if you get hurt and blah, blah. And I don't know. I just kind of went with it, and I think as soon as they saw, because we just moved towns as well around the same time, so as soon as she saw that I was like, you know, bringing over friends, and I was like, like occupied in a good way with something new that I was really excited about, like, I don't think they understand the actual act, act of skateboarding, but I was windsurfing before, so it was kind of similar, you know, it's like in that action sports corner. Yeah. So I think after, you know, within the first year, yeah, they were they were cool with it, and then like I said, I just went places and met people, and yeah, so they've been always supportive ever since. That's so rad, man. That that's fucking awesome. That when you were saying that, it kind of reminded me of like a story from when I was younger. My my friend Dale, he actually got me my first skateboard, and uh, I just met him one day, and he had his board, and he was like. He did like a kickflip or he might have even done a tray flip, and I literally didn't even know you could do tricks. And when he did that. 
I was like, holy shit, like, that was like a magic trick, you know what I mean? I'm like, because I couldn't comprehend it. I didn't even realize there was an ollie. I was like butt riding on this thing. And uh, we became instant. It was like, did we just become best friends? Yep. It was that scenario right there. And uh, his mom, um, I would stay with them, and I lived with them for a while, too. And his mom always thought, because I skateboarded and stuff, she always kind of thought I was like a... Kind of like a troublemaker or like whatever, you know. And uh, she always liked his friends that that were actually actual troublemakers and and druggies. You know what I mean? But she, yeah. for whatever reason, she thought I was that. So she would always tell him like, "Hey, I don't know, man. Like he's kind of like I don't know if you want to hang out with him." Meanwhile, she was like super nice to all the other dudes who actually were like pretty sketchy. <laughs> and my friend told me that I was like, "Holy shit, that's so funny!" But that's that like. Mis uh misconception about skateboarders, you know, it's just like they think it's something seedy or evil or just troublemaker, which I guess it can be, but it's like, yeah, more than anything, it's community and like expression and art. I feel. Yeah, and also can I can see where like the whole like punk attitude, and that's kind of how I got into it, you know, with all all the music. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I know it's just like raw and real, and I can see where people go like, whoa, like so much energy, and it's hard to control people when they're when they have a lot of energy, right? So yeah, I think that's why. But I think over time it has definitely changed. I think now it's like so many kids skate and even in schools and it's like you know there's so much more skate parks and obviously with street league being on tv and i think it's a different different scenario but i really like that era like the mid 90s late 90s and just i don't know with the music and the whole vibe i don't know it's also at the same time it's like a, a time in my life from like 16 to like 21 where i feel like that like shaped me a whole lot and i still kind of lean on that you know that time period with like the music and my friends and you know everything else that came from that yeah that's awesome that's awesome that it could be you know skateboarding and music which are both like pure expression i i think because i i like you mentioned street league and contests and stuff like that and i'm totally not against any of that like i think that has a place in skateboarding but i think there's got to be a healthy balance which i talk about this a lot on my podcast and uh that healthy balance is like the artistic expression side of skateboarding you know and uh that's what you were just talking about and the music has that too it's like if something becomes too commercialized you know the opposing force pops up and and i feel like skateboarding right now is trying to balance balance it itself out a bit uh industry wise yeah absolutely yeah. um i wanted to let's i wanted to talk about um how you kind of went from working for other people to doing your own thing. So I know you worked with at Soul Tech for a while. Um, you came from Holland to the States. Uh, were, were your parents cool with that? What? How, how did you decide that you're just going to up and move to the States and get involved in that sense? So uh, when I was uh, after high school, um, I had an indoor park in Holland for like 10 months. <clears throat> And through that, I got in, introduced to, like, the distributor in Holland. And then so after the skate park, I went back to school. But then I quit basically within, like, pretty much within a year. And then I hit up the distributor. And then we just started talking. And next thing you know, I started out as a rep. So I was a rep in Holland for about four years for the distributor for all the Soltec brands. So as America, Etnies, and then the Deluxe brand, so real Thunder Spitfire, Antihero, Crooked. So Damn, that's basically all what I. Brands. What? Sorry to cut you off, but those were all epic brands. Yeah, the, yeah. Even that at that time, 
it's funny now that I'm I'm 36 years old and I like look back on things and I'm like so proud in a way that I've gotten this far, you know. But then at the same time, I remember when I first got the job as like a rap, I was like, this is the this is the one chance, you know. This is like like the golden ticket. And my mom was like, do you get a contract? And I don't know, I didn't have a contract, I didn't have nothing, but I had skateboarding, and you know, I was like, this is it though. I know this is like one of those things, you know, where you just yeah. know that it's the that it's the thing to do and. Yeah, so I was a rep in Holland for about four years for the distributor, and then Soltech started up an office out in Amsterdam. Um, so I went with the brands to the office, and pretty much within a year I quit as well, just how I quit school, I guess, uh, when I was 19. Um, so I went back to the distributor for a couple months, and I went to ASR, which was like the trade show at the time in San Diego. Yep. And on the way back, I told my boss, I was like, I kind of want to live here. I want to try to like live out on California. And he's like, whoa, that's kind of a shocker. But if that's what you want to do, just go for it. And if you can't get a job here, you always have a job with us. So I was like, and at the time I just like broke up with my girlfriend and I was like living at my friend's place, I think for a little bit. So I was like, I have nothing to lose at the moment. You know, like I just, it's one of those things as well where it's like, I just have to go. And I remember one of my friends is like, what if it like, it's not going to work out. I'm like, there is no, no option in this case. It has to work out. Like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And, uh, I came for three months, then went back for three months. And then I came back in like May, 2008. So pretty much seven years ago this week. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, I've, I've never left. So cool, man fucking really cool and i completely agree with you man i had the same approach with being a pro skateboarder because it was just like it's just like you if you really want to make something happen you kind of got to have that like uh no distractions and just kind of like i'm going to do this not not you can't have the doubt and the fear you know or if you do have it you got to kind of override it and just keep yourself focused on something i imagine moving from another country too just just uplifting and just moving all the way here and making these decisions was probably a little nerve-wracking for sure <laughs> yeah but i was already coming to california you know yeah like twice a year and i would always like stay like like a week or two extra so i knew some people at, at soltec obviously and at deluxe and at thrasher and some of my friends that worked at other companies and so i kind of had a little network at the time but just enough to kind of you know, get me in the door somewhere, and um, yeah, I got a job at Soltec again, but that took about a year and a half, um, I had to get my visa, and um, so, but that uh, eventually all worked out, and you know, maybe it even took two years. Yeah. So I moved here in May 2008, oh uh, yeah, it took two years, and then June 2010, I got a job again up at Soltec, Free America, and for Altamont, as like the marketing manager, which at the time too was like no freaking way that this kid from Holland is just becoming the marketing manager for American Altamont, you know. But it just <laughs> was one of those things like I'm not worth it, but I'll, I'll, like this is like another one of those things where like I have to make it work, you know. I'm, I'm gonna make it work. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was like my kind of my my step in the door, as far as like the industry goes in America, and um, yeah, that was just awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing, man. Soltech is really awesome. I I used to get shoes from uh, S uh, S Flow. I got S Flow for a while, and uh, I love those shoes, man. The Costin ones are fucking all time great in my mind, forever and ever. <laughs> yeah, there's. I mean, especially at that time, there were so many good shoes coming out. 
from you know from all the brands from Soltec. So uh, yeah, no, and like I said, that time there, I even like the time as a rep, and everybody was always super cool. And I've known, I've I know still till this day a whole lot of people that worked there or have worked there, and yeah, that was a really cool time. Awesome. Mid two thousands. That's awesome, man. I guess I, I wanted to ask a little bit. Ex- because uh, I know you mentioned in the beginning that you work with brands and athletes. I kind of wanted to ask exactly what you do for athletes. Like, you manage their social media accounts and just kind of, um, you know, if someone, like, say someone wanted to hire you, like, what are some of the things you could do for them and basically, yeah. So there's, like, basically, like, two different options that I kind of offer uh, the athletes and kind of for brands, the same thing. Um, but um, the one thing is that I help clean up everything and make everything like organized so trying to think of an example eric ellington had like i don't even know what his old name was but it was like ellington 666 i guess yeah. on instagram <laughs> i'm not 100 percent sure what the, what his old name was but i just got him his his like own name so now on instagram it's like eric ellington is like one word right. uh, so that's what i've done for like probably like 50 plus pros out there so like andrew reynolds and greco and Joey Budwell and all you know, a whole bunch of dudes that you know. I just help them get their own name. Um, that's and huge. That's huge because kids can just type that in. They don't have to like guess that it's Andrew uh, Andrew Reynolds likes uh, dogs or something. You know, yeah. and you just can't yeah. find it. You're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's like one thing. So I do that for Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, stuff, um, um, Tumblr, Facebook. So all 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 the all the platforms out there. Yeah. So that's kind of like, but that's kind of like a one-off project. Yeah. Then I help a few guys uh, out with basically like all the posting. So I work with PLG, Elliot Sloan, Omar Salazar, Tori Pudwell, Chris Cole, and Ryan Desenzo. So those six dudes at the moment. Sick. And I basically help them run their accounts but they basically run their own stuff but just like i just you know don't forget to post this or you know you're like shoe sponsor wants you to post this this week you know yeah that's mm-hmm. awesome so you keep a, you make sure they don't miss anything and that it yeah. stays cleaned up and proper and on top and because the people you mentioned too these people are not just athletes but they're entrepreneurs too and they have like a lot like much like me you have so much going on that you almost need someone that's like you know paying attention as well a yeah. second set of eyes yeah exactly yeah and that, so that's basically what i do i'm just there to help and i go to all the contests and take photos and film and so they have stuff to post and i give it to their sponsors so like they can post and then tag the writer and you know then everybody gets everybody wins out of that you know but it's not that i like i kind of want to make that clear like i don't run i don't i'm not them on social media you know it's actually most of the time these guys post on their own i just help them sometimes they say, like, I have to post this thing for one of my sponsors. I don't, I, I don't know, like, if I should, like, first of all, like, use this image, and then what should I say, or what should I use for all the hashtags? And Yeah. So I kind of yeah. help that. And and sometimes when on the road or something, they go, like, oh, Fred, here's the text, here's the image. Can you do the post? But then, you know, I'm just doing, like, the actual act of the post, but I'm not coming up with the copy or, you know. Yeah, and that, and I like that you said that because it's very important because – transparency is key nowadays with technology and social media and everything if it comes off uh not genuine or fake 
or yeah. or you're promoting too much just to, for profit. It's like who the fuck wants to deal with that or see that all the time? I think yeah, I, exactly. I think the whole fact that we can see each other and we can communicate, it, we should meet each other, not not just try to act for each other. You know? No, exactly, exactly. So like some of the posts have like um, like a typo or you know there's like a space somewhere that shouldn't be there, but like that's fine. It's not it's not a computer, you know. These just are real people so sometimes if they do have a mistake i i don't i barely ever change it yeah because i could but it's like we all make mistakes you know it just just makes it more real makes it yeah real. as long as as long as it's not like on a mistake when you're tagging someone or something yeah, yeah exactly that's yeah. huge um that's fucking cool man and people are busy what, what people don't realize about social media or maybe they do realize maybe i'm just preaching an asshole but um is that it's a full-time fucking job. Like, it literally is a full-time job on top of full-time jobs you already have. Is just running a social media account. There's, I mean, how many platforms do you work on? What are the main platforms you use and or you, you tell people to use? Or? Uh, the main ones for me, the big three are Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then YouTube is, a, is another big one. But that's obviously kind of like a crossover, you know, because it's not that we have, like, videos posted every, every day or something. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, those other three are definitely something you can check and update every day. And YouTube is more like you got to have a big project or a video project and you post them and update and all that. That's cool. So um, I wanted to ask you about – um, where was it? One second. Sorry, I wrote, I wrote notes for people that are listening because whenever I have a guest on, I'll write down some notes, just things that I had on my mind. Um. So I'll have like pieces of paper in my pocket and whatnot. So, <laughs> um, oh, so I wanted to ask you, how long have you been doing your own business, and how long have you been doing it for? So I was up at, started up at Soltech in the June 2010, and then 18 months after that, so December 2011, I was like, go, oh, like the company was shrinking, and I was like one of like the last ones in. Yep. Therefore, I was like the first one out. Which is a stupid thing, I think, because I'm still like pissed about that, you know, in a way. Yeah. Because I felt I was bringing something to the table, but it obviously wasn't. I don't know. Whatever. That just happened. And, and so already at the time, I was helping some of the pros with some of their stuff. So like the guys up in Altamont and America, like Braden, Andrew, Andrew Reynolds, uh, Garrett Hill, Jamie Tensoni. Uh, Theodis Beasley, I was kind of just like helping them or like giving them tips and tricks to do it, and because um, it would just get more people to the site, you know. And that yeah. at the time was my was my goal. So when I was like go, I was like, well, I just helped a few of these pros, and then obviously the brands that were up at Soltech. But I was like, I can, I see that there's that there's like a whole lot of other brands and pros that could use this help too. So. Um, one of my friends showed me like a blog post uh, from this girl that that works with Shaq. Yeah, like the basketball player at the time, I think he was still actively playing. And then he was like, "What she's doing with all these guys in basketball, you should be doing in skate." And I was like, "I don't know, I'm kind of scared." And he's like, "Dude, you got this! Like, you got this! Yeah, this is all you." And I was like, "So it took me about six months, and I, you know, I met up with Herman and Reynolds, and no one really was was like into it at the time." I was like, "Well, I can help you, and we can do giveaways, and my kids will be like more stoked to win something from you than from a brand." And I kind of had it in my head already, but no one was biting and then in like uh, around like june um i got dwindle which is almost blind cliche and joy 
denser. Huge. Um, so yeah, that was like a huge thing for me because about that, you know, but that was like six months of work that went into that almost, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I got David Gonzalez too uh, a couple months earlier actually. Uh, so those two were kind of like my like the stepping stones. Um, because then and then from there I could basically I was walking again, you know, because before I was just kind of like. To make it work, but after that, I was like, okay, and then I could, I could like tell people, you know, I help like yeah. little with the stuff. I help like David Gonzalez with his stuff, and people go like, okay, okay, that, you know, I had something to like show, show, I guess, and that, so that was kind of like the tipping point. Yeah, what's what's crazy when you're describing this is that what we're talking about social media and all this stuff is it's like still in its infancy. It's like young and it's new and and. Uh, a lot of these brands and these skaters, you know, they're just being introduced to it. So they don't initially know the value of it or, you know, they don't see how using it correctly could really help them. So I'm sure you going around being like, hey, let me help you with these things. I can help you get it all together and show you how to use it properly. It probably wasn't clicking at first with people because they don't re- – it takes time for people to realize like, oh, these are the tools that we're going to use to build our businesses up. It's not. It's a different form of uh, – uh, advertising and marketing and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, and I feel like now, like this year, like a lot of people are getting more like into it and see that it really becomes like a thing, you know? But this is like three years ago, which doesn't sound like too long ago, but in like this with like all this stuff, you know, I think that's that's like a long time. And yeah, yeah people were just not seeing what I what I what what I saw, you know, what I had in mind, I guess. But uh, it all worked out eventually. And uh, after David Gonzalez, I got. BLG also pretty early on, and then uh, I started doing work for like Deluxe and NHS and Tuviato and like Huff and DVS and and some of those things are again more like one-off projects, and others were like for a little bit. And as a um, a consultant, you know, sometimes you work for someone just for for the day, or sometimes you work for a year. You know, it obviously comes with it. But. Yeah. Is it crazy that that uh you've kind of infiltrated the skateboard industry through social media and not like did you ever want to be a pro like <laughs> growing up skating were you ever like cuz all these people you're mentioning they've been in videos and magazines and like you you know we all have known all of these brands for so long did you ever want to be pro or sponsored and do you think it's weird that you're kind of Oh yeah, yeah for sure. No, that's I mean I think that's like every like kid's dream, you know. Yeah. Any- I think that you like really get into or anything that you really get into but I mean I started when I was like 16 or 17 16 late 16 probably so I started way too late you know and obviously early on I also saw like all right I'm I'm not like super gifted you know I have to try hours and hours and days for one single trick you know so I knew like pretty early on that I was like all right I'm not going to be a pro so when I got the skate park like that's more of kind of like the skills I guess I had I was just like do these trips to Paris with some friends and I would get the van and book the hotel and so I kind of knew that I kind of had that skill so I was at least adding something to to it but uh, yeah. yeah I knew early on that I wasn't going to be a pro that we we need people that can be organized and get stuff going like that every skateboarding needs everyone like I'm huge on that it's like even if you're not going to be pro it's like to skateboarding needs all different types of people it needs people that are just have humor it needs uh it needs more expression and voices and faces and 
opinions like always we need a lot of different sides of skateboarding you can't just be athletes so it's yeah. rad that you've taken a different approach and kept skateboarding you've kind of built skateboarding into your life whereas like you know growing up i i've i've had tons of people and friends that were like i want to be pro or i need skateboarding in my life and da 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 and then you know life takes them away from it and then you don't see them skating anymore i always which isn't a bad thing that's fine you know but uh what yeah. But I always like when I meet people that have built skateboarding into their life and they've figured out a way, you know, regardless of what their strengths and weaknesses are, they've found a way to keep it in their life and even to help it grow as well. So I applaud you, man. It's fucking awesome. Thank you, man. Like, like I said, it's still a trip that I got to work with, like, Chris Cole or, you know, like Ryan Nesenza or Tori or, I don't know. And then I was at Huff yesterday and at the barracks and it's just like, at the end of the day, I'm still the kid from Holland, you know, and obviously with this trip coming up, I've only been back one time, like four years ago, so it's definitely, this becomes this whole thing for me, or like, fuck, I'm going home and like seeing where I started skating and, you know, seeing my friends and I just got so lucky, you know, I got so lucky, so, but hard work and I don't know, I just, I don't know, I'm no one special, you know, like anyone can do this and if I can do it coming from Holland, then definitely anyone can do it. Hell yeah. So. That's awesome. I, I wanted to say something. Like, we don't really know each other that well. We're, I mean, I'm getting to know you now. But just from listening to you talk, I kind of feel like you're uh, you're very you're very honest. And it, it seems like you just kind of figure stuff out as you go. Like, uh, when you, you're like, because you mentioned you quit going to school and then you quit working for Soltech. It seems like you just kind of, you're just trying to figure it out as you go, maybe? Is that a good, uh, a, a fair assessment, maybe? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the, like this skateboarder style right to do it it's like a spot gets knobbed and we, we can still skate it but we just see it we just see things that other people don't see right they they like kill a spot but at the same time oh if i come from the other side or if i go over it it's still you know and i yeah. think i think i've adapted that early on in my life and the other thing is also like if i don't like something i'm just not gonna do it and that sounds so like a rebel or whatever and that's not i don't know but if i'm not into it i just don't care and I've even had that in school like I always just barely passed the test but to me that was more than enough why would I work harder you know to... now I do like now I go like I try to work almost every day and go the extra mile and I want to be that guy that you know does that and because I see all these opportunities but in school I was always like what's the point you know why when am I going to use all this math stuff like I don't I don't know what I what I like want to do when I'm I don't know when I'm older, but I don't know. So that's why with skating, I just I felt like that was my that was my one way in or out, however you want to call it, you know. But it's like I have to stick with this because this is what I really, really, really like. Still, to like like this day, it's like at the end of the day, like who I work with and these pros and these brands, it's amazing and it's like super cool. But at the end of the day, I just want to skate with my friends. That's still at the end of the day, like the main the main goal of this all you know yeah and what I, what I, what what i take away from all that and the way i see it as well is like i don't think it's wrong to want to do to like want to do to want to make what you like and what you enjoy and what you love what you know you need in your life i don't think it's wrong to make money off of that or to build it into your life i don't think it's wrong for us to want to like be able to make a living off of what we love you know what i mean like i feel like this world and it kind of ties in with everything we're talking about with technology, social media, internet, and understanding that we're connected and stuff. I don't think it's wrong that we want to, like, 
I think we should be able to monetize what we love and make a living. We don't have to become bazillionaires off of it and rape everything, but it's like each of us, if you're willing to work hard enough and figure out ways to build into your life, we should be able to. And uh, I think that comes down with knowing what you want and what you love and knowing yourself really well because once you do that, then you can figure out, you know, okay, this is something I need in my life, and then you can start using these tools that we're talking about and start trying to find ways to build it into your life where you because you know everyone has bills real life you know what i mean like we can't pretend and if you're not working for yourself building your own dreams you're building someone else's you know yeah yeah i mean i I almost feel like it's the only way or at least maybe i mean i i've done jobs in the past that that i didn't like that i had to do you know but it's like i think if as long as you have like a goal and like a vision and you're willing to like work for it and like i don't know sleep on the floor and like stay up an extra night, you know, or, like, spend extra money to, to like, go to, to, like, certain things, or, I don't know, that's what it takes, you know, it's not going to happen if you, if you just do what you do, you know, like, you have to step out of the, out of, like, the comfort zone, like, that's the only way, but then, at the, at the end of the day, too, like, for me, the only way is doing it this way, like, I don't, I don't know any other way, I have some friends that have, like, you know, they, like, weld for a living or something, and they have to, get up every day at like six in the morning and be at work at like six forty five and they wear like an outfit and and that's cool for some of my friends, I get it, but it's like I know like we we can all do like so much more than we think, you know. Yeah. Skating too, I think that's what skating really is like for so many of us, right? It's like we have no idea like you can jump down fifteen stairs and now that's like the norm or something, you know, but we just make it the norm because we we know that it's that it's possible and so we that's what we strive for like making the like yeah just make it happen like and again to me like that's the only way i couldn't even imagine like i said before like without like like skateboarding or even doing this now i still every day i'm like you know i've been in business now for almost three years and i've had some clients and but i feel like every day i need to work really hard because i don't want to go back to like a like a job in like in like a factory you know what i mean so that's still like the, the drive for me to go to go the extra mile because that's what will always make the difference absolutely and if, if you're made and if your job is what you love you'll put you'll put endless energy and effort into it because it's something you love and enjoy and you want to keep it in your life i completely agree and that's so fucking important and i think it's important too to note that I've been saying this a lot to the people around me. I'm like, I don't want to be fucking average. I don't want to be regular. I don't want to, like, I just don't want to. Like, I'm sorry. I don't think that's a bad thing to, like, not want to be just plain Jane average. I don't want this government, this society to tell me how to do things or whatever because they clearly don't fucking know. (laughs) Like, clearly with the recession and with, like, everything, they basically just go, hey, here's a bunch of fucking internet... Uh, social media tools here figure out how to run an economy you know what i mean like oh yeah. you want your dreams here try and figure it out they it's like they before they're like here go to school we'll get you this job blah 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 and that's fine like this all like you were talking about your friend i think that's cool that like some people's like if we can all be open and express ourselves some people are just into having a baby and being a father or a mother and you yeah. know but they don't really care how the money comes because what brings them joy is raising children so they'll get those jobs that like they don't really care it's just a working job they'll make their money and then they'll build their beautiful family like if everyone's allowed to express themselves and be true in themselves at whatever it is then you should be able to like 
you know, you can be involved in skateboarding and make some money and build it into your life and be happy. And, you know, one dude could be into the, you know, a girl who really likes to have sex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a prostitute and it's healthy and safe. Like, there's people out there. Like, let them do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's clearly we don't have a father figure as a government is what I'm saying. It's clearly the Wild West. So, like, let's just all dream big, not be average, and then use the tools of today to figure out ways to to build our passions and monetize them and not for greed or or for fame or any of that shit but just because we want to you know make a living off what we do so we can be happy while we earn you know yeah and i also think like in like this this time now like you know 2010s and whatever comes next it's like i think it's easier than ever to like build start a start your own company and i'm not saying like have an office building with people but just like start your own blog or a YouTube channel or like you have all these assets, you know, at your fingertips, literally. So, but at the same time, like it still takes work and it still takes blood, sweat and tears to go the extra mile to really make it happen, you know? Yeah. And a lot but, I mean, to, to like start up, it's like, that's so easy these days because all you need is a phone, you know, that's almost all you need. Yeah. Start. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 uh, what you're saying, I totally agree with what you're saying. And, and I think for people to realize is that, you know, these tools and these things, you could start these brands or these businesses, you know, as a side project. You don't have to just quit everything you're doing in your jo- your day job. It's like, no, make a transition. Learn how to use everything. You could even hire <laughs> hire Fred and he'll he'll give you a jump start on it. You know what I mean? But like no. start start somewhere and start figuring it out because that's that's basically our option is like figure out how to use these tools and figure out how to promote what you love. Or you're gonna work for someone else, and I, I totally agree. And I like that you're saying, like you said, how you know it's it's basically all you need a phone, all you need is a phone to start up, and that's awesome because that means you can start picking up pennies, basically, you know. Because yeah. e- even if you you know say you start a t-shirt brand or whatever, and you have your phone and you get a website and you get a Instagram or whatever, even if you sell one to two t-shirts, it's like you're picking up pennies off the ground, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and I think the goal should always, like, I don't know, like, in a way, obviously, you should set your goals high, but at the same time, you got to take it, like, one by one, especially in the beginning, right? It's like, yeah. That's why I'm always so stoked to be able to, like, do, like, certain interviews, like, like this one, you know? It's like, if I can, if one kid somewhere in the world hears this, one kid, and goes, when he's, like, 16, right, and he's like, whoa, like, you know, like, like, those people did that, and he lived in Holland, and it's like, if I can inspire one kid to like change the course of his own life, then that's all I need, you know. And I mean, that's really that's really the goal of like, because it's like it's again, it's it's kind of cool like talk about what I've achieved and all that. But at the same time, it's like I just want to inspire one one kid with each interview that I've you know I've given like five or something in the last three years. But it's like like now I have a chance to inspire someone, and if I can inspire one person, then. You know, what else could I ask for, you know? And uh, Fred, I fucking love that because I always preach that we need more leaders. And and by that, I just mean people that know what they want or even if they don't know exactly, they just know the type of person they want to be. And then they go about finding that. They don't, you know, they lead in that direction. And uh, and uh, this podcast definitely goes out to a lot of people. And you've already inspired me with your stories. And it, it's fucking cool, man. And I really appreciate your time. And I, I know you're going to get on your flight but um, how I usually wrap it up is just if people wanted to reach out to you, anything you want to plug. Please. Yeah, I got about like 10 more minutes, so I'm not in a huge rest of the moment. But um, 
Yeah, so I'm on uh, <laughs> basically every every platform out there. At least I have like an account, but I'm most active on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, a little bit on Snapchat, and it's just uh, Fred Van Shee. So F R E D V A N and then S C H I E. So that's and that's also my site, FredVanShee.com. And uh, yeah, come find me. Email me if you have any questions. Hit me up on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. I always try to reply. If not, I don't always reply quick, but I always will reply. So I make a I make a big effort out of that. Awesome. Since you said you had ten more minutes, I wanted to come yeah. ask you about Street League and because uh, I've never been to one. Hey, hey, you've said you've been to one before. Yeah, I've been to a couple. I've been to the last. Uh, Three years, pretty much all of them, I'd say. So, how do you look at that, and what's that all about? Is it like, uh, how's that show? I guess I've never the, been. The first one I went to uh, was in L.A., and uh, my friend got tickets because his dad worked for his bank and had a, had a suite. So it was cool because had like free drinks and free food and whatever. But it was pretty far away from the course. Yep. And uh, I think it was the second season of Street League. Sounds so. It also sounds kind of tacky to say season, but uh, you know that just is what it is. So I'm just gonna call it that. Um, but uh, and I didn't like it at all. I actually thought it was horrible, and because there's all these people in the in the seats, and they're just like overweight, and you know, like this amazing tricks were being done, and people would barely move, and then they would shoot these like free shirts into the crowd, right, with this gun with this gun thing. Yeah. They would shoot like pink shirts. I don't even remember from who it was. It doesn't matter. But and these people went berserk. <laughs> and I was like, "What? This is fucked up. You know, it's not cool." But then and I think Monster took it over that year. And one of my really good friends works works for them in like the skate department. Yep. And so I'm a little like with that. I had a, like a different intro after that. You know, because um, I know he was working like really hard to like make it make it better. You know, and and I think every season they still change things and. Um, the only thing I can really say is like now that obviously now I get to like be like pretty much on the course with like each event like the skating first and foremost is like phenomenal you know like the stuff that goes down in like an hour it's like the gnarliest skating you'll see from up close like the amount of tricks and you know like the gnarliness of, of all these dudes and plus you're just there with some of the best skaters in the world which is already amazing you know yeah very cool um, and I like to think of it this so over over time I I think in the last couple of years it definitely has has like improved a lot and I like to work with them too. We we give away some tickets with some of the pros and stuff and then, I don't know, they're just on point with their stuff and yeah, I'm I'm actually like a fan of Street League which in a way might sound weird but at the same time it's like at the end of the day it's like the the this skateboarding is what inspires I think, you know, the most first and foremost. Yeah. With the Olympics too, my friend um um Andrew had an interview on the Skate to Create podcast a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about that too in the Olympics. And he's like, if one kid in in, in like um, like Africa picks up a board because he saw like the skating on the Olympics, like you know, if it, if it touches them the same way as it, as it touched us, like who are we to judge, right? Who are we to judge that that that, that should not be the case, or why would why would why would I want to keep skateboarding from somebody? Yeah, like, I mean, you know, I mean I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, like it has such an impact on like all of our lives, right? Because we're so in it. It's like I w- I would wish that impact on anyone, you know. Like I want kids to, to like be be the same way inspired by skateboarding as I I have. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, 
I, I, the way I look at it, because this is a big conversation in, in our in the industry or whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. you, whatever yeah. the fuck we want to call it, amongst people that are invested in skateboarding. Um, so the way I look at it is that, and I, pre, I people people on Slap Message Board like to call me out and tell me I keep repeating the same thing, but I'm gonna repeat myself again anyways. The way I look at it is that skateboarding is for everybody. So that means that, you know, the cool kid with the Nikes, the fucking angry ghetto kid in the corner, the fucking, um, you know, sheltered preppy kid. Everyone should be invited to this art form. You know what I mean? The jock. Like, everyone. You shouldn't ex- you shouldn't exclude anybody because skateboarding, you, the second you put it in a box and you try to, like, control it, yeah. Then it's no longer what what we love, you know. And but but some people like that. So there are contests. It's just the balance that bums me out. When when the industry's hurting and it's only con- big co- corporation contests and stuff like that, that bums me out. So then I'm like, all right, there needs to be a healthy balance. And then you know that's when I start my brand and all these other small brands pop up because skateboarding is so valuable not just because of points and not just because of fame and not just for you know there's so as as you know you love skateboarding there's so many different sides to it that are valuable you know and it's up yeah. to us to express that and if we want to monetize it try to monetize it you know like it's yeah. up to the people that love it you know like i went from a little kid to love and skateboarding and it becoming my life and then I want to keep building into my life so I start building these things to keep it in my life you know and yeah. that's what you have to do and and uh and it's easy to hate on it you know because I have some friends of mine uh, I mean uh, the discussion is obviously also with me and my friends it's not just you know obviously I'm, I'm very aware of it but the friends that say like oh whatever and like street league I'm, I'm not gonna watch they've also have had like never been to one yeah. So how can you like form an opinion about something that you, you don't even you know? Well, I think if you go there, obviously it's like the monster logos and like like with Nike and the, you know it's a it's a little heavy, but at the same time it's like these companies want to do this, you know like. Yeah. Well, with the Olympics, they're gonna come and take skateboarding, so we can either be a part of it and kind of have a little bit of like impact on. How it's gonna go, or they're, just, they're they're literally otherwise just gonna take it. Like that's just the way it is. And I think like skateboarding being so young as a sport, and again that sounds super wacky, but it's like so young still as a sport. Yeah. The the more we say like it's this or it's that, like the next generation will just say like fuck that. It's you know like if we if we're gonna put it in a box, like yeah, that's only gonna last for so long with your own friends, and then it's just like because there's always gonna be other kids that will be like different and better and you know that like like learn quicker and that's just how it goes that's just like the evolution so it's like i almost want to say like we have to like embrace it at the same time it's like you said what you do with like all all i need and anybody else like start your own company then like do something like don't just sit on the sidelines and complain and you know it's like yeah that's then then don't don't buy those brands if you don't want to support them and that's totally fine too they'll survive it's like yeah, that's 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 the key point right there. You nailed it because uh, if you if you're you know if you're a pro skateboarder, in my opinion, dude, and I'm floored if this is not true, and I'm sure it's not true. If you're a pro skateboarder nowadays, you should be do you should do lessons, skateboard lessons with young kids or anybody who the fuck wants to learn about skating. Especially if you don't want skateboarding to be one sided, like all contests and all controlled by people that might not have invested the years and time and effort in it. If you really love skateboarding, like I, I do private lessons and and uh 
in skate camps all the time because I know right away that if I show these kids how fun skating is, like not for fame, not for money, not not to get on the podium, but just like the fun like the fundamentals, power slides, like community, how you can all have your own individual personalities and still be together and friends and like everyone's invited. If you show kids or anybody, anyone, not just kids, adults, anyone who's interested in skateboarding, that side of it, that will multiply way faster than just like say the contest because the contest, guess what? Only three people can get on the fucking podium. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's kind of a dead end. But, you know, if you actually are a pro skateboarder and you want the shit, like, the videos to thrive and you want, um, you know, the small hardcore brand, uh, skate shops and, um, hard good brands to thrive, then we have to tell our stories. We have to share the joy of skating. We have to, like, battle the op, the opposing force, which is like, hey, you gotta do, get this score to win this money to do this. Like, we have to do a different, we have to show a different way, you know? The people that, and by we, I mean, you know, the pros, the average skater who loves it, you, the people that find different ways to be involved with it and and express it and use the tools to actually show that you can do it, you know? Yeah. And, like, at the end of the day, like, if kids, like, start to skate and and they'll get it, you know what I mean? They'll, like, once you get really into it, you'll start looking into it. And, like, oh, there's more than Street League. If that's your way, how you first saw it. Yeah. You'll get into it and you'll get, you know, music and art and just, you'll do your research. That's just how it goes with skateboarding, I feel like. So it's like, like I said, in any which way, it's like, how, who am I to like withhold some, something as powerful as skateboarding from someone, you know? Yeah. I completely agree, man. And, and it, like you said too, it's, it's even worse to just sit on the sidelines and bitch about the way things are going if you're not contributing. And I think contributing, you know, if you love something, find a way to contribute, you know? And, yeah. and that's it, man. But, um, yeah, Fred, honestly, man, this is awesome and I could keep going, but I don't want to hold you up, man. Um, thank you again so much for coming on the show and having a, a real ass conversation, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Like, obviously, I know we've been going back and forth a little bit for the past week, but your, like, MJ interview, uh, especially, like, the intro, and obviously Jim responded on your Instagram yesterday, too. Um, but it's like, that was just, like, the shit, you know? And I think even, I think, with you doing this, I think it makes you, I don't know, at least you're doing it, you know? And, like, the whole, like, podcasting thing is just obviously on the come up, and I think it's rad that, that you're doing it. I think it shows also that as skateboarders, even even for you as, like, a pro, it's like, we can do so much more than just one thing, you know, and that's always what I tried as well. I'm not Fred, like, the sales rep or not Fred, the marketing manager. And, like, now I'm Fred, the social media guy. But it's, it's, like, there's so much more still to do, you know, and there's the opportunities that really, I feel like, are endless. And I think that's what, you know, I think your podcast, podcast is super rad. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's an honor that I've, you know, that I've been on it. So thank dude, you so much. Fred, thank you so much. And and what you kind of summed up right there was a, a change in mind, mindset in America and the world, I feel. Instead of living in the land of scarcity where you have to tear each other down, you know, we should land in, in a, a world of, uh, you know, of uh, plenty and prosperity, you know, and try to help each other, build each other up, you know. And that's just a mindset change, you know. Uh, and it just takes, you know, people to do that. And with the podcast, man, like, I, I believe, I'm going to say it, I, I, I'm pretty, I'm like 100% sure, I'll say 99% sure, I was the first pro, at least now, with the podcast, you know? And uh, I know Tim O'Connor and Mike V started them up and stuff, and um, I don't know, man. I just always had a lot to express in my life, like, 
I've went through a lot of stuff and just as everyone else has. And I think all of it's about expression, really. Like, that's ultimately what we want to do is just be ourselves and, you know, share that. And that's what everyone's trying to do. So uh, podcast is a beautiful way to do that, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, like, that's, like, before we go, like, the one thing that I really like about it is there's some well, some of, of my friends have interviews or pros or even, like, the like the MJ ones, like, these days when we're, when we're all on our phones pretty much all the time, it's so hard to, like, have somebody, like, sit down for, like, five minutes even, right? Because they're texting and too <laughs> much going on. So that's why I even like to get my, to hit, to, to get my friends on, on, on podcasts. I'm like, I just want to hear you talk for an hour without distractions. And that's obviously not what I do, too. I just, I'm just sitting here in a corner of the airport with my headphones on. But normally, I don't really, and that sounds so, so wacky, but I don't, I don't have have like a full hour to spend just you know with somebody like one on like like this like a conversation like this so i think that's that's another thing that makes it rad in these times where like we're all always doing doing stuff where it's like one hour of just like listening to somebody talk or listening to a conversation between you and and like mj or something i thought that was like super rad like cause again that doesn't doesn't happen too often anymore yeah, especially in the format of a podcast because there's always interviews and stuff and and people some people kind of get on me cuz uh they think I talk too much, <laughs> which is a fair which is fair to say. But um the thing is, I don't want the podcast to be an interview cuz I don't really want to interview people. I want to have a conversation with them, which means we both share, you know, because I feel like the more we talk with each other and bounce ideas back and forth, then the more we can learn. And and that's kind of how we progressed as humans and everything was just communication, you know. And it's like um, an interview, I feel, is a little tougher because now you're just putting the spotlight on, spotlight on one person and getting their story, which is cool. But with the podcast, it's more relaxed where we can bounce ideas and go back and forth. And it's just way more intimate. And, uh, you know, we need more communication. We need to be telling each other, like, hey, you can do it. Hey, you you know, like you said, if you can inspire one person and it's like, you know, this, like I said, this is going to go out to a big network that I've, that I've worked hard to build. So I'm sure you will, you will, man, with your story. And then thank yeah, you. Yeah. So and like, obviously when people have something to say or, you know, there's a complaint or whatever, you can obviously like use that, um, all the criticism, but at the same time, like you just want to be you, you know, because then of course some people are, are, think that you like talk too much or, but that's always going to be the case with those people, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. I just, always tell that to people too just like do just be you and then you know yeah absolutely i i completely agree man and 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 i always try to take the criticism and i actually i try to i try to read it or when someone actually you know people write it out to me or someone tells me in person i try to genuinely listen to it and if you know sometimes they really do help and they say little things and i'm like you know what i could have been an asshole and got offended but i actually heard and sometimes those criticisms actually help a lot of times it's just people throwing mud but that's fine you know it's just because if you go out on a platform and you're talking like i said i'm i believe i'm the first professional skateboarder with a podcast and, and you know people kind of like oh what the hell why does he think he's special and it's like uh, not that i don't it's not that i think i'm special i just don't want to be average <laughs> yeah, exactly just putting yourself out there so there's always going to be leaders and you know there's always going to be criticism but whatever just keep doing that keep keep up the work man i'm a huge fan i, I listen to other work you know it's in the background but it's i always listen to him and think it's amazing so hell yeah fred thank you again for coming on and talking man it's always brave and i appreciate it safe travels homie all right, thanks so much, man. I'll talk to you soon, Anthony. Later. All right, later. Hang on, brothers and sisters. Liberation is near. It's almost time. One, two, ready? Hell yeah. Eight, Say, come on. Seven, 
all my people where you at, put your fist up, we gon' twist up, say come on, come on, experience the train, uh, thought, hot for bore, come on, experience rockin' with the reflex.